0: Praise God. Hallelujah. Come on, let's lift all, let's lift our hands to the Father right now. Uh, we've taken time today to make it all about Him. And I just know how the kingdom operates. I mean, you know, when we draw nigh to Him, He draws nigh to us. And so through praise and worship, it's brought our hearts closer to His. And so God is very interested in what's going on in your life right now. So with hands lifted up, I want you to center in on one area of your life that you'd love to see God come through for you. Just center in on it right now. One thing that you're believing God for, one thing you need need God to do for you, just center in on that right now. And I want you to, by faith, ask God to do it for you. Hallelujah. Yeah, thank you for that, Father. Yeah, thank you for helping us to leap that last hurdle, Father. We give you the glory for We give you the glory for that. Now I heard in that song that they were singing and actually in what uh, Minister Bernard was ministering at the end. If you believe God has already provided you the victory in that area, why don't you go ahead and give him thanksgiving and praise for it right now. Come on, you can do a whole lot better than that. Come on, give, give God thanksgiving and praise for it in advance. Hallelujah. Glory to God. God, you are so faithful. You are great. You are good. We give you all the glory. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, it's just like anything else. I mean, the word tells us that whatever we ask for in faith, we have to believe that we receive it. The moment we ask for it is the moment we have to believe that we actually already have it. All right. And so if it was physically in your hand or manifested in your body, how would you really respond? Right? Praise God. Come on. That's it right there. That's a faith response. Right? You've got to learn how to do that. Now, Now, let me give you another step. Now you begin ordering your steps in the direction of what you believe you've already received. And then what will happen is you'll walk into a tangible manifestation of what you saw today. You'll walk into it and you'll have it in your life. That's really how this works, folks. Right? Your praise and thanksgiving is an indication that you believe you already have it. Now, how many of y'all want to know when the grand opening is? You really want to know? Well, I can't tell you today. But I will tell you this much, even before I say that. Music department, let's give them a big round of applause. Man, just just excellent today. Excellent, excellent. Just, man, my heart was already full. It just lifted it more today. And Larry, you, you just fire over there on the drums today, man. Man, bless your heart, man. All right. Everybody want to know, when is the building opening? That's the biggest question I get asked. When, when, when. Inbox, when, when, when. So, so, so let me tell you what we've decided to do. I know the date today, but I can't tell you today. Because what we're doing is putting together an announcement video. It's actually happening while we're speaking, okay? So they're interviewing different people. And so there's going to be an announcement video for the grand opening that you can go to any of our platforms, social media platforms, or our website, either the churches, our personal um, uh, social media platforms. On Wednesday of this week, we will announce that date. We're going to release it. The reason we're doing it video style is because it comes with a countdown. And so, actually, when that video goes live, the countdown begins. But I will tell you this, it's sooner than you think. We won't be in here long. Anybody glad about that? Anybody glad? But let's thank God. You know, there were so many things that had to happen supernaturally. Let's just thank God for the West End. You you know what? Depending on when you came, let's go back further than that. Let's thank God for the Lassiter Performing Arts Center. Depending on when you jumped in. But Lassiter was huge. Lassiter was big. Then we went from Lassiter to the Cobb Energy. We need to thank God for the Cobb Energy. Then with two, two weeks left, we have nowhere to go. The West End Seventh-day Adventists opened their doors for us to have service. All of that's supernatural. This was a no. This facility was a no. We reached out to use this facility. It could not happen. All of a sudden, supernaturally, the principal who denied that is no longer here. New principal comes in, speaks to the person who runs this and says, we need to create revenue. Who's the first person that they call? Linked Up Church. So the Marietta Performing Arts Center opens up. Then all of a sudden, folks, 4331 Brownsville Road. Now we're getting ready to work, walk into something that we can call home. No more setting up. No more breaking down. Come on. No more being in an auditorium. Come on. God has been good to us all right. so Wednesday all of our platforms my wife and I we're actually going to do it on site and so we'll be in front of the building inviting everybody to come walk through those doors we'll point to the doors to come on out to our grand opening on you'll find out on Wednesday (laughs) let's pray Father we just thank you today that you are good and you are the center of our lives Father, when we make you first and we make you the center, then you add everything else unto us. And so, Father, you'll add to our lives today through your word. you use me today to deliver your word. And, Father, they came with hearts prepared to receive your word. And now, one person will walk out of here the same way that they came in. And, Father, we'll take a moment to give you all the glory for everything good that will come out of this service today. Holy Spirit, have your way. Be glorified in our midst in Jesus' name. And everyone that agrees with that prayer, shout it. Amen. Amen. Go ahead and love on somebody today. Just speak life into them. Build them up. Compliment them. Shake their hand. Hug them. Uh, Whatever it is you're led to do. And my heart is just so full today. Hey. I like that t-shirt. Man, my heart is full today. So full of joy today. Man, my heart is so full of joy. All right, we're going to pick up with part three of Live Connected. And so you might recall we ended the first portion of this message, which was verses John chapter 15, verses 1 through 8. We ended on the note of the disciples glorifying God the Father through the bearing of much fruit. What we learn from that is through a relationship with God through prayer that God has designed our lives that as long as we stay connected to him, our lives are supposed to produce fruit. We're supposed to be productive in every area and every aspect of our lives. Now, contrary to popular belief, God does not get glory from you being sick. You hear so many times maybe an athlete gets injured or something and he said it's all a part of God's plan for my life. I mean, you know, God's plan for your life is not for you to be injured or sick. God's plan for your life is for you to be well. And what we read there, what brings him glory is that our lives produce much fruit. And so in today's continuation, part three, we'll communicate that f- fruit clearly then has its full expression in the exercise of love. And so I want to remind us that the first eight verses of John chapter 15 never used the word love. Didn't use it at one time because at the end of the day, how I you mean, you got to know someone to love them. But what God is saying is to know me is to love me. So once you build that relationship with God and you learn about his love, that's really all that'll be left for you to do is love him for the rest of your life. But we'll notice love is repeated nine times in our text today, verses 9 through 17. It's repeated nine times. So none in verses 1 through 8, nine times in verses 9 through 17. And so he's teaching us that having a relationship with him will naturally lead to us falling in love with him. And once we fall in love with him, I mean, it was easy to fall in love with each other, right? It's a byproduct of that. Let's read our opening text. A lot of this is review, but because I missed a week, I want to make sure I go back through it and then get some new information in on today. But I also want to thank uh, Minister Diane. Did she do a good job? Was she a blessing to you all on last week? Praise God. I'm loving the way our staff is developing, so we thank God for them John chapter 15, verses 9 through 17. Let's read. It says, as the father loved. Now, you might recall that word love there is agapeo. So, he's talking about in the social moral sense, God the father loved him. So, he had a social and a moral responsibility to his son. So, he says, as the father loved me in verse 9, I also loved. Have loved you, or likewise. So, so God Jesus is saying here, "God the Father agape me. He loved me in a social and moral sense, and now I'm loving you the way the Father has loved me. But then notice this shift here. Then He tells us to abide in my love. Love there is Agape, which is different than Agapeo. Agape is an unconditional kind of love. What he's saying here is I want you to live in the fact that I love you unconditionally. There's nothing that you could ever do, past, present, or future, to stop me from loving you. And that's where I want you to live. So many people live their whole lives never ever knowing what it's like to be loved. God is saying just stay in me and I will love you the way you deserve to be loved for the rest of your life. I don't know about you, but that's good news. A young man growing up without a father, it's been the love of God the Father that's helped me be a good father to my children. Right? So so let's go on. Let's keep reading. It says, if you keep my commandments, you will live in my love. Agape. Notice when he's referring to his love, it's agape. When he's referring to our love for each other or his love. For us, it is agape-yo. But when it's just his love, it's agape. Because how many know God doesn't change? Based off of whether we're having a good day or a bad day, God is always the same. So, he says here, if you keep my word, you will abide, you'll live in, settle down, take up residence in my love. So, then is it safe to say then if you live outside of the word of God, you also live outside of the love of God? Is that a fair statement to make? Right. And so why is that so important? Because everything works by love. I mean, you know, love never fails. Right? And so as long as I stay in the love of God, then I can succeed in every area of my life. What keeps me in the love of God in this context is obeying the Word of God, keeping the Word of God. Verse 11 says, these things have I spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. We'll talk about that today. This is my commandment, that you love one another, agapeo. So he commands us. He understands that we're human beings. So he doesn't command us to love us, love each other with agape. But he commands us to love each other with agapeo. In a social moral sense, we have a responsibility to each other. Which means if you cuss at me, I have a social responsibility and a moral responsibility to not act like you're acting. Can you all see that? But as human beings, you know, it's very challenging for us to get to the level. I believe we can because there are other contexts that say we can, but he understands as human beings. Our first response, you know, if Tim walked up and slapped me, <laughs> just as a grown man, what is my probably my initial response? I'm probably going to slap Tim back, not, not you, Tim. <laughs> Right, and and then usually after that is when we kind of realize, okay, wait a minute, that's my brother, right? What he's saying is, don't act that way, right? We have a social and moral responsibility to really respond to people the way he has responded to us, right? I'm not saying don't defend yourself, right? We should defend ourselves. Matter of fact, it's we. Let me move on. (laughs) You see how I'm struggling with that. You see, just a hum, as a human being, right? It's like, man, I, I don't know. Could I turn the other cheek? If somebody, could I really walk away from that? I don't know. So I'm really telling you what, what the word instructs us to do. But how I many you know, in reality, we don't know until we get in that situation. Right? So let's all by faith believe this is what we're supposed to do. And then work on it. And a matter of fact, I got to fix that up. And let's believe God right now that no one will ever slap us. Amen. That'll settle that right there, right? All right, let's keep going. So he says, here, this is my commandment that you love one another, agapeo, as I have loved you. Remember that. Greater love, agape, has no man than this, than a man lay down his life for his friends. So nowhere in here is he telling us to lay down our lives for each other. We don't have to because he laid down his life for us, right? We already talked about that, so I won't go back in there. He says, you are my friends, in verse 14, if you do whatever I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends. For all things that I've heard of my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and you should bear fruit or produce fruit and that your fruit should remain. And I want to make sure I reiterate that. Anything that God brings into your life, if it's productive, if God brought it into your life, it's supposed to stay. How many of y'all believe that? Right. Our existence should not be up, down, down. You know, happy, sad, uh, bills paid. You know, ev- eviction notice, uh, sick, well, right? Really, we're supposed to go from faith to faith and from glory to glory. That's not without persecution. It's not without trials. I mean, you know the weapon can form, it just can't prosper. And I want to be real clear on this: if God gave it to you, no man can take it away from you. If God gave it to you. Right? It's just, you know, I, that's why I think my heart is so full. You know, just, you know, wow, four and a half years ago, I can remember walking out of a situation. Real low point in my life. Now, and if, well, I'm about to give it away. You see that? Now we're getting ready to walk in a situation. Real high point in my life. Now, how many you know man didn't give this one to us? So man can't take this one away. I'm not really concerned about anybody walking through no side door. Hello, somebody, because that's fruit that God gave us, so it has to remain. All right, watch this. Let's keep reading here. That's just the character of God. That whatsoever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I command you that you love, agapeo, one another. So point number one, we talked about a pattern for love. So what Jesus left us is a pattern for how to love each other. Well, where did he get that pattern from? He got that pattern from the way the father loved him. And so this is the way this flows. See, we're out here trying to love each other without first receiving his love. And so what Jesus is saying is the way I learned love is how the Father loved me. The way I want to share love with you is the same way the Father shared his love for me. And so this is an important principle because if we're going to create a culture of dream teams and small groups, it's first vertical before it is horizontal. We've got to receive it before we can give it. Right? And so we're looking at what that looks like. What kind of love was this? What kind of love was this the father showed the son? If you look back in verse 9, the A part of that, Jesus said his love for us is patterned after the father's love for him. So the father left him a pattern, and now he's leaving us a pattern for how we should treat each other. Letter A, it is first self-revealing. Letter A, go with me to John chapter 5 verse 20. This kind of love, what kind of love was this? It is self-revealing. John chapter 5 verse 20 says, For the Father loves the Son. Well, what does that look like? He shows him all things that he himself does. And he will show him greater works than these that you may marvel. So the Father loves the Son, and the way he demonstrates that love is by showing him everything that he's doing. Right? How I many you know a good father, a good parent, if you've achieved anything successful in life, it is your heart's joy to show your children how to do the same thing? Amen. Right or wrong? Amen. That's really what gives you the greatest joy is to be able to say, hey, God got me here this way. Let me show you how to get here. Right. And so what he's saying here, the way he learned is the father really loved the son by showing him all things that he was doing. And then he says, greater works than these, he's, he's going to show. It. And so you'll learn then: the more you do, the more the father will show you, the more the son will show you. Right. But then let's also think about he's commanding us to love each other this way, too. It should be a natural reaction, a natural response. The more we grow in our relationship, the more I begin to reveal to you. Right? And so if my marriage is good or whatever is going on is helpful to your life, I mean, I want to begin to reveal that to you. If if, if parenting is going well for us, I want to begin to reveal to you. If, if finances are going well to us, as we grow in this relationship, I want to begin to reveal to you how we became debt free. And then I want to give you even greater than that because real love always wants the next person to do better than them. Right, God the Father wanted Jesus to do better, and Jesus wants us to do better, right? And so, usually when we're sharing information, I love A.J. I would love for A.J. to get to where it took me the age of 30 to get to. I'd love to see him get there by 25. Amen. See how this works? That's real love, right? So, it's self-revealing. Letter B, it's self-sharing right? So, it first reveals and then it shares. John chapter 3, verse 35. John chapter 3, verse 35. What we're looking at here is how Jesus learned love. So, the father gave him a pattern. He's taking this pattern. He's loving us with it. Then he's telling us to love each other the way he has loved us. It's self-sharing. In John chapter 3, verse 35, it says, the father loves the son, agapeo. What does that look like? And he's given all things into his hand. So the father's demonstrating his love by sharing everything that he has with his son. Right? I mean, that's a good heart of love. There's no way I can tell my wife I love her and I don't share anything with her. Right? There's no way I can tell my children I love them and I don't share anything with them. I'll take it a step further. There's no way I can tell you I love you and I don't share anything with you. I'm telling you, one of these days, y'all going to walk in that building, I'm just going to say, free coffee for everybody. Amen. Free cocoa for everybody. Amen. Amen. Free. Go to the cafe, pick you up a cup. Why, Pastor? Because I love you. Amen. Right? Anybody in here just a little hungry? You just, man, you just a little, a little down on your luck and want a good meal today? Anybody in here like that? Just a little down on you. Come on up here, sister. Come on. I, God loves you. He's demonstrating it right now. Come on. Gonna get you a good meal today. Come on down here. And don't, and don't go to no, what's that place here that's like White Castles? What's that place here? Don't go to Crystal's either. This is $60. What's the purpose of this? To go get you a good meal, okay? So just love you. Pick the spot where you always ride by, and you say, you know what? I always wanted to eat there. That's how much God loves. He wanted to show you that, share that with you, okay? Enjoy that. Come on, let's give God glory in this place today. What I'm showing you is God will never reveal it without sharing it. And so he's teaching us now to, to begin to reveal, to help people, right? But then begin to share. Folks, we're not. God didn't give us this building. It's not about us. He did not put us in powder springs for you to go tell all your friends, come look at this building. If you want to know the truth, God doesn't even live in the building. Only time he's there is when we show up. He doesn't dwell in in temples made with hands. He lives inside of people. Listen, you look way better than that building. And you're more expensive. So you want to bless that area that God has planted us in? Then let's not make it about us. Let's go in and be a blessing to that community. Let's share what God has blessed us with with that community. See, when we think of back-to-school rallies, we think of blessing the people in the building. Go down there and your kids get a free backpack. Why not give away shoes to needy kids to the whole community? And have them drive up on your lot just to get a pair of shoes to go back to school in. Why not offer free cuts right there on your lot where kids can come get a fresh cut before they? Why not all the dentists in our congregation get free oral checkups? Come on, I'm preaching better than you all saying amen. See, nobody wants to hear another sermon. I promise you, people are tired of sermons. They want to see God. You all might think this was a little ambitious because we we haven't even had our first service in the building yet. But I'm already parking my vehicle at all the land that's available around that building. And I just get out and I say, Father, you said everywhere my feet shall tread, you'll give it to us. Why? Because that community needs to be built up and developed right? You drive up and down James Hardy Parkway, it's not a whole lot. What we want the community to be able to say is, man, this this area looked like this before that church showed up. But since that church has been showing up, it's now got town centers and movie theaters and upscale restaurants. All the dilapidated properties in the area have been fixed up. Come on, somebody dream with me right now, right? Nobody wants to hear another message about God by itself. They want to see God. So it's self-revealing. It's self-sharing. Letter see. it's self-giving. Go to John chapter 15, verse 15. I love this one right here. It's self-giving. It says here in John 15, 15, no longer, he's giving us a pattern. Do I call you servants? For the servant does not know what his master is doing. The slave doesn't know what the master is doing. But I've called you Friends. For all things that I've heard of my Father, I have made known to you. Now, how I many of you know that's real friendship right there? Because the, the more we grow in friendship, the more we ought to share about ourselves. You know, if you want to have a good relationship with someone, be good friends with them. Amen. That's right. If you want a relationship that lasts, be open and honest with each other. Right? And just share everything with each other and be quality friends. Be friends before lovers. One amen, a distant one, though. I heard it somewhere in here. Because long after you're, you know, the, the lover thing, the long after all of that stuff wears off, the friendship is what really will last. Now, it doesn't wear off. Let me make sure I say that right. It doesn't wear off. I don't even want to say that. <laughs> what am I looking for here, baby? <laughs> she praying in the spirit. They, they, they both suffer about praying the love bullshit. You know how you, fir- anybody in here married? You know how when you first get married, I mean, Jeff, you know what I'm talking about. Bail on, bail on out right there. I mean, everywhere we, I just couldn't keep my hands off of her. You see, y'all still in that. They've been married three weeks. They all, they still in that right there. But then what happens over 21 years, right, you realize you've seen everything, right? And so what is it now that's deeper than this physical thing? It's a friendship. And the depth of that friendship is what makes the love special. Does that make sense? That's all he's saying here. He's saying here, literally, I'm no longer calling you an outsider, or a slave. I'm calling you my friend. And The way I'm going to demonstrate the level of our friendship is everything that the Father has ever told me, I'm going to tell you. Wow. It's beautiful. See, now he's telling us to love each other this way, which means we have a right to everything the Father and Jesus has downloaded to us. Man, I have an obligation to share that. Amen. See, so that, so that what God has shared with me that's caused me to go forward, I should share that with somebody else so that their lives can go forward. Amen. Amen. You all see that? And I'm going to tell you, too, if we can go from really zero to what God has done, I'm telling you, God wants to do that for you, too. Yes. Amen. He's doing it. Amen. Right? And so we learned a lot of lessons in four and a half years. I think God can get you there and too. Or less. Oh, I wish there was a little bit more faith in here. I I said, I believe God can get you there in half the time. Why? Because you get to learn from our experience. So it's self giving, it's a continual love. Go with me to Jude chapter 1. Jude chapter 1. Jude is right before the book of Revelations. I know some of you all are like, Jude, where is that at? That's not in the Bible. Jude 1, and it's only one chapter, so don't try to go to Jude 3 and work your way back. It's only one chapter. It's a continual love. I like to say it this way. If it's real love, it will always last. Anybody in here agree with that? If it's real love, it will last. Watch this, Jude 1.20. Let's see how, how to get to that level. It says, but you, beloved, verse 20 and 21, Jude 1, 20 and 21. But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, well, how do you build yourself up and how do you build your holy faith up? By praying in the Holy Ghost or praying in the Spirit. One translation says, or praying according to the Spirit. So, I mean, you can pray according to the Word of God or you can pray in other tongues. You can pray in your known language. You can pray in other tongues. But whichever one you're doing, how I many you know, they're both doing the same thing? They're building you up on your faith or what it is that you're trusting or believing God for. So, notice how your faith is connected to your ability to pray and spend enough time in prayer to the place where you're built up that you know that you know that you know God has already done that for me. But that's not the only thing because faith works by what? No, faith works by what? I didn't say comes. I said faith works by what? Faith works by love. So, look at this text very carefully. Keeping yourself in the what? What is that? Come on, say it. Good. Keeping yourself what? In the love of God. So, then what keeps you in the love of God then is your prayer life. Right? And then notice your faith life doesn't work unless you stay in the love of God. Because love Or faith works by love. And notice how prayer is connected to that. So if you go all the way back to John chapter 15, verse 1, he didn't make prayer a bunch of rules, did he? Folks, I'm telling you, prayer is not about rules, prayer is about a relationship. I thank God I stopped doing that. Before I would pray, I would stop and check to see if there's anybody I need to forgive. And then I say, Do I need to be forgiven? Then I try to look to see if there's sin in my life, where I might have missed it. Anybody here know what I'm talking about? Then depending on where I was at, i go get somebody else because I didn't know if my faith was strong enough. So I need somebody else to be in agreement with me. Come on, somebody. Right? And so I go through this whole ritual of rules just to try to get God to do something. And that's not what he said in John chapter 15, right? He said, if you abide in me and my love abides in you, you can ask for whatever you will. And it'll be done for you. Amen. Why? Because when you get out of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, I mean, all your sins are already forgiven. Right. Once you get out of the book of Acts and over into the book of Romans, all that stuff is under the blood. Now you can go straight to the throne room. Get whatever help that you need in the condition that you're currently in. I'm talking about with a cigarette in your mouth, you can go straight to the throne room. And he'll receive you. And in there, help you talk to you about how to overcome that. And still bless you with what you came up there to get. I'm talking about you can go in there cussing. You can go in there because you don't know no better. And what he'll do is talk to you about your cussing, clean you up from it, and still give you what you came up there to receive. Come on, I'm preaching better than you all saying amen. That's the devil that has lied to us all these years. The devil has told us, clean yourself up and then go to God. God told us he already cleaned us up. Now just come straight to me. All right, you don't have to be perfect to come to God. You just got to know what he made you, all right? So we're talking about a continual love. Let's look at letter E, an obedient love. John chapter 15, verse 10, an obedient love. John 15, 10. Love is obedient. It's hard to to say I love someone and I don't do anything they ask me to do, right? Love is obedient. John 15, chapter 10 says, if you keep my commandments, right, if conditional, if you keep my commandments, you will abide, you will live, settle down, take up residence in my love, agape, just as I've kept my father's commandments and I live in his love. We all understand this, right? To have a, a, you know, how many of y'all have children in here? Isn't it really, doesn't it work this way? The more they obey you, the more you want to do for them. Right? Is that how it works? The more they disobey you, the less you want to do for them. Is that accurate? Right? And so almost to the place that when they're obeying, it's so easy for them to ask for anything. You don't even think about it. sure, yes, go ahead. But when they're not obeying, it's almost like, I, I can't even believe you just asked me that. You're getting ready to ask. You, you want to act like you didn't just, hello. Am I right or wrong? And so love has an obedience factor. If you're in a relationship with someone that you say you love, right, and I'm going to really share this because I've lived with a woman for 21 years, and I can promise you she does not believe I love her if I don't listen to her. Period. Right? So so much so, if you understand a woman, the moment she believes you're not listening, she stops talking. Right? He's saying, well, what's going on? Talk to me. She won't open up her mouth because she does not believe you're listening. Right? Once she stops talking, she cuts off everything else. You turn that water faucet off. The faucet is turned off. See, they laughing because they know I'm telling the truth. Am I right about it? Amen. We're sitting here trying to figure out how to get this faucet turned back on. And it's real simple. Just go back and listen to what she asked you to do that you didn't do. You know how I many people we've talked to, and it's interesting that a female will say things like this that the abuse emotionally from someone that I try to to talk to and get to do something and they just ignore me and act like I never said anything, that abuse is worse in some cases than physical. Because I have to live with that all the time. That's interesting, right? And so love has a level of obedience to it, right? If she says, babe, can you get the, the dishes and can you clean up the kitchen before I come home? If she comes home and I did not clean up the kitchen or get the dishes, that faucet is off. (laughs) You see it all on her face. You see it in her behavior, her actions. But guess what the opposite of that? If I come home and that's done or she comes home and that's done, the faucet is on. You get a completely different response. Anybody here understand what I'm saying? Right? And so love has a level of obedience to it. Right? It's almost like kids still want you to do stuff for them but they didn't do what you asked them to do. Isn't that amazing? Am I the only parent in here going through that? And it's almost like they didn't even remember what you asked them to do. It's like, hold on, wait a minute. We already had this conversation. Go back to what we talked about. The answer is still there. Get that, and then this naturally follows. See how this works? All right. So it's an obedient love. So he's not requiring us to do anything that, remember, he didn't do himself. And so what he's saying is the reason he lived in his father's love is because he did what his father told him to do. The way we live in that same love is because we do what Jesus tells us to do. And then for us to have healthy relationships with each other, we've got to learn how to honor each other and do what we ask each other to do. That's reasonable. Everybody clear on that? All right, number two, and we're going to close out right here for the day, pure joy. How many of you know God wants your heart full of joy? I'm talking about so full of joy that you don't even have down days. Even when the day looks down, somehow joy rises up in your heart and you bring something good out of what everybody else would have had as a bad day. That's just a fruit of the Spirit. John chapter 15, verse 11, pure joy. Look at what he says here. He says, these things have I spoken to you that my joy may remain in you. Watch this. And your joy may be full. So he wants his joy to remain in us and that your joy To be fruitful, so so joy then is a fruit of the spirit. I mean, that's not based on circumstances. That is a decision to wake up every single day. I personally believe every time you wake up, hell should get upset. Every time your feet hit the ground all hell should start to tremble because you get up with a sense of tenacity about that day that you're getting ready to attack it with everything you know from the Word of God. And you wake up with this, this is the day that the Lord has made. How many know everyone didn't see this day? Right? I was in Detroit because a a good friend of mine's father passed. While I'm in Detroit, I get a phone call that another good friend that I've known since kindergarten, he walks in and finds his mother had passed. And so, folks, I need you all to understand, you sitting here today is not by accident. God has been good to you. Right? And every day you wake up. You should wake up with this sense of appreciation and thanksgiving that this is the day that the Lord has made and I will what rejoice and what be glad in it. Why? Because it is a day of victory. It is a day that you can get healed. It is a day that your business can prosper. It is a day of opportunities. It's a day like no other day. Yesterday is gone. Tomorrow is not here yet. But today can be the best day of your life if you just wake up full of joy expecting God to do something today that he's never done before in your life. This is the day that the Lord has made. Church should not be a sad place. People from the world should not come in here and learn how to be sad from being around us. They should come in here and experience the joy of God. Why? Because the joy of the Lord is my strength. Well, where do I get that joy from? The scripture says in the presence of the Lord there is fullness of joy. Why? Why did we go through praise and worship? Why did we sing the song? Because it makes your heart full of joy when you get into the presence of God. And then that same verse goes on to say, and at my right hand are pleasures forevermore. So you get in his presence through prayer, praise, and worship. Your hearts get filled. Your heart gets full of joy, and then he begins to release things into your life and bless your life and heal your life and deliver your life and get you the job that you always believed him for. Come on, get you the raise that you always believed. Come on, pay your bills off. Get your car running right. God releases all of that into your life because you keep your attitude right. I wish there was some joy in this church today. (laughs) Come on, has God been good to anybody in here? The joy of the Lord is strength. Every day, get up like it's going down today. Get up every day like I'm getting ready to sell more cars in the history of this dealership Today, you get up with that kind of attitude, watch that stuff come to you. Hallelujah. 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 Listen to me. i prophesy to you right now. You won't be able to drive up and down C.H. James Parkway without seeing something that linked up church on. So much so, they may have to change it from C.H. James to linked up Parkway. Come on, it'll it'll connect you. Come on, it'll connect you from Atlanta to Austell to Powder Springs to Hiram. Come on, somebody get excited with me in here today. Don't ever let the devil steal your joy. Don't ever let that happen. You must take that personal. Don't ever let him steal your joy. Because what he's after is your strength. Matter of fact, give him a blackout right now. Just express. Come on, just express some joy right now. Come on, express, release some joy in your life. Come on, release some joy in your life. Don't ever allow him to steal your joy. Keep a smile on your face. Wake up every day. Go to work and light the office up. Somebody asks you how you're doing. You tell them I'm doing great and this is a great day and great things are getting ready to happen for me today. And then watch great things happen. It's just the way this works. The joy of the Lord is your strength. He said he wants his joy to remain in you and for your joy to be full. So he said two different things there. His joy is a fruit of the Spirit. I mean, our joy is a choice, right? And so the joy He gets, the joy that we have, that's a choice. I got to make sure I connect my joy with his joy, right? And what he said he'll do is he'll make that become full. How does he do it? Well, when you believe him for healing and he heals your body, I mean, the joy you already have is now getting ready to be full. Right? When you couldn't pay a bill, and I like that young lady right there. She wanted a good meal. Amen. I mean, she had joy sitting in that chair, but I promise you, she's seeing some biscuits fly across her head right now with some butter on them. Come on, somebody. She's seeing some sweet mashed potatoes. I don't know where she's going, but I'm telling you, she's sitting out there like, what time does this service end? Right? So that same joy that she had in here, look what God did. He made it full. And he had to use people to do that. All right. Last one. We'll close for the day. Go with me to Romans chapter 14. So never forget here a couple of things I want to make sure I say. When Jesus speaks of his joy being in us, he is referring to the fact that our obedience brings him joy. All right. Don't ever forget that. Every time you obey God, it makes his heart full. And what he's saying is when you obey me and make my heart full, Now I'm getting ready to make your heart full. You see how this works? Right? So you obeyed me, and that made my heart full. Right? So he says, now I'm getting ready to make your heart full. That's so good. Because I can believe big. That's so good, man. I obey him. It makes his heart full. He says, now I'm getting ready to make your heart full. Hallelujah. So watch this. So when we are faithful, obedient disciples, we become a source of joy to Christ, right? So then notice then, he becomes a source of joy to the Father. We become a source of joy to him. Now he asks us to be a source of joy to each other. See, God used me to be a source of joy to her, to make her heart full. First service, somebody came up short on their bills, and he asked me to reach in my pocket, help them get a kickstart on that. Right? He used me to bring joy into that person's life. Now, some of you all might look at that between the two services. Man, you gave away all that money. You're seeing it all wrong. You actually need to see what's coming as a result of what left. You got to see that right. See, you can't see what left. You got to see what's coming. The harvest is always bigger than the seed that you sow. See, whatever I do for others, God's going to send others into my life to bring me up. I brought her up today. There's no telling where I might eat this week. I might get called to the, I don't know where I may get called to eat because I help make somebody else. You see how this works? It's just how it works, folks. You all getting anything out of this today? Come on, anybody excited about the things of God? Come on, anybody full of joy in this place today? Come on. We better not go in this building sad. We better not go in this. Come on. We better go in there with some enthusiasm and some joy because God has been good to us. Go to Romans chapter 14, verse 17. It says, for the kingdom of God, and we'll close right here. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking. See, we're not going in here so we can get a, 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 a latte from the cafe. Hello? It's not about the, the kitchen and the, and the cafe. It's not what this is. He didn't give us that for us to socialize and have a good time. It's not the kingdom of God. It says, for the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking. Well, then what is it? But it's righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost and the Holy Spirit. Notice, let me show you something. Notice that peace and joy Follow the fact that you are right with God. Anybody in here know that they're right with God? Well, if you don't know, let me help you out right now. Righteousness is not something you do, righteousness is something you receive. You are, He made you the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Right? It's just like salvation. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is a gift from what? God. Righteousness is the same way, folks. It is a gift of God. And then he goes on to reiterate, not of man, right, lest anyone should do what? Boast. So it's not according to your works because he doesn't want us boasting. Righteousness is the same way, folks. You are as right with God today as you ever will be. There's nothing you can do that will make you more right with him. Why? Because you didn't do anything to become right with him but receive it. So now all you've got to do is receive the fact that nothing can take that away from you. But you don't understand, Pastor, I'm still struggling with my language. That doesn't change your righteousness. It's your righteousness that will help you overcome your language. Right? As long as you continue to remind yourself who you are in Him. You know what I've learned how to say now? I've learned how to say when I miss it, Father, I know that your grace doesn't teach me that. And I thank you that I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. As a matter of fact, it's your grace that teaches me how to overcome that. And so, Father, I receive by faith right now the instructions. Download them into me right now and grace me with the ability to overcome that area in Jesus' name. But how many know what I did doesn't change who I am? Oh, I'm preaching better than anybody saying. And so what the devil wants you to do is get so condemned because you made a mistake. And I'm telling you, there is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. As long as you stay in him, folks, he's going to keep working with you until whatever it is, wherever you messed up, till you overcome that. Somebody that's been saved in here long understands what I'm telling you right now. He never gave up on you. Come on, somebody. He never, ever gave up on you. He kept working with you, even in your situation, until you got free from it. It never changed your position in Him. Come on, somebody say, I am am. the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus right now. Now go ahead and thank God for it right now. Come on, thank Him that He made you righteous. And we need to receive the freedom that comes along with that. There's nothing that we can do can change that. Now, of course, if we get over into a habitual lifestyle or something, I mean, no, that'll move you away from God. But I'm talking about mistakes and the fact that we need to grow. You know, I'm looking at this, this situation on television right now, and a person is being really held accountable for something that he did uh, 36 years ago. And I'm not saying right or wrong on either side of that. All I know is there's some stuff I did 36 years ago. I'm guilty. I'm not even trying to hide it. They come to me. I did it. I did all. Yeah, I I did it all. I I was right there. I broke in that house. We stole those cars. I was in that gas. All that stuff. I'm saying, that was us. But let me tell you what I'm also saying in the same breath. But God. Come on, somebody. Come on, I need a little bit more help in here today. Come come on, but but I can stand there with a pure heart and say, when I gave my life to Jesus Christ, that man died. Come on, somebody. And the blood of Jesus cleansed that man from all of his sins and from all unrighteousness. And I can stand before you today today telling you that I am not guilty. I am free by the blood of Jesus Christ. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Watch this. And I have wronged no man. I can say that with a clear conscience and a pure heart that God has made me free from my past and somebody in here needs to thank God that he did not hold your past against you. Come on somebody. There's no way I can stand up here today and be a pastor. There's no way that God can use me if it was based off of what I've done in my past, I have a horrible past, but I have a bright future because the blood of Jesus has cleansed me from my past today I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus and I deserve to be called a son of God. I deserve to be a child of God. I deserve to have my body healed. I deserve to be debt free and guess what? You do too. You deserve because you are the righteousness of God. You deserve to have the best job. You deserve to have all of your bills paid. You deserve to have good children that God can use. You are right with God and because you are right with God your life should be full of Peace, and it should be full of joy. Somebody thank God for that right now. Full of peace. It's a byproduct. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. Notice peace and joy follow righteousness. Once I receive what he made me, then I have a right to have shalom all around me. My life has a right to have quietness, rest, and assurance. Now my life has a right to wake up every day with a smile on my face, with joy in my heart knowing that this is the best day of my life and some good things are getting ready to happen to me today. That God, if you gave us this building, then you can give us the whole city. God, if you gave us this land, you can give us that land too. God, when you give us that land, you can give us that. Come on, somebody. It's something about knowing who you are in Christ that sets up your whole day. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Make a commitment before God today. Don't let anything steal your joy. Don't let anyone steal who you are in Christ, right? And let the byproduct of that be for the rest of your life, all the days of your life. You will have peace. Come on, don't let nobody drive you crazy. Come on, you can't can't be all flustered because of what other people are doing. Come on, somebody. Don't let nobody have your peace. You can't be sitting around, you know, trying to figure out what somebody else is doing. Just figure out what he did and walk in that. Right? You can't control what people do. Only thing you can control is how you respond to it. Don't let anybody get your peace. And don't let anybody get your joy. If you're in a relationship and they want to walk away, learn how to say bye. Because God's got something better for you. Come on, I'm preaching better than anybody saying amen in here. Don't try to hang on to nothing that does not want you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm done for the day. We'll pick up with point number three on next week. A life of obedience is pure joy to Jesus and it's pure joy to us. Hallelujah. Lift your hands to the Father. Lift your hands to the Father. And I want you to look into your heart right now because there's one area of your life The Spirit of God has been dealing with you about that he wants you to be more obedient in that area. Don't get in any condemnation. Just receive this. There's an area of your life that you know God's been dealing with you about that he wants you to be more obedient. I want you to talk to God right now, right there in your seat. I want you to talk to him. And I want you to commit to him that that is an area that by his grace you're going to work on every day to be more obedient in that area. Go ahead. Do it right now. Hallelujah. And your obedience is going to be such a source of pure joy to God that He's going to turn around and take your joy and make it full. Because you made His heart full, He's going to make your heart full. Praise God. Now go ahead and thank God that His grace will see you through that. Go ahead, go ahead. Thank God for it right now. Come on, open up your mouth and just say, Thank you, Jesus. Come on, say it. Say, Thank you, Jesus. Come on, say it. Say, Thank you, Jesus. Thank him that his grace is sufficient. And now while you're in that attitude of prayer today, every head bowed and every eye closed in prayer, there are other acts of obedience that will bring just tremendous joy to the heart of the Father. If you're been here today and you've never received his son, Jesus, as your personal Lord and Savior, that is an act of obedience that will bring great joy to the heart of the Father. And so, if you want to come to the Father by receiving Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, I want to pray with and for you. Secondarily, you may be sitting in here and you're saying, Pastor, I know my disobedience has caused me to get away from God. And today, I want to be obedient by really getting that off of me and I want to come back to God. I want to get my life back right with him. I want to get him back, back in right relationship with God. If that's you today and you've gotten out of fellowship, you've gotten away from the Father, and you're saying, I want to come back to him, I want to pray with him for you today, that is an act of obedience. Maybe you're here today and you're saying, Pastor, I don't have a church home, but I believe God has led me to linked up church. That is an act of obedience on on your behalf. Every sheep needs a shepherd. Everyone needs to be planted somewhere, and it's where you're planted. That's where you can flourish. And so while you're in that attitude of prayer today, I gave three invitations today. One was to give your life to Christ, give your life.